It's time for a legendary introduction. Welcome to Unpacking the Box. I really think nobody does it better. Join the conversation as we cover everything from life and relationships. All a woman wants is a choice. Inspiring interviews. That just hit me. Wow. And everything in between. Just keeping it real. We keeping it all the way real. Whoa. Now let's start unpacking. This is Linnea, your host, and welcome back to Unpacking the Box podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, with Laura Folks, who is an amazing certified holistic coach. She helps us to uncover the real reasons why we have those, you know, toxic relationship with food. And so I'm so happy to have her. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. Um, I am so excited to talk to you. When you hit me up and you told me what you did, I was like, that's first of all, that's right up my alley because I am one of the people that you help. <laughs> you know, and then I know so many people can probably really relate to what you do. And I know that they would get something from this. So I'm so happy that, you know, we connected. Me too. I'm so glad. Yes. So first and foremost, you know, I gotta, I gotta find out where you're from. Yeah. I currently live in Chicago and I'm originally from Michigan and then also had a short stint where we lived in Australia for two years. Cause my husband is Australian. Oh, wow. Okay. So Australia. So how do you, so, okay. So out of all those places, like which one do you love the best? They all are so different. I mean, Michigan is where I grew up. So that definitely has a soft spot in my heart, but I really love Chicago and the city. And, um, this is really where I call home. I've been here now. I can't believe it's been 18 years with exception with the exception of living in Sydney and I mean Sydney is a beautiful place it was definitely challenging to live there um, for the two years but it was also great to be with my husband's family and friends and really get to know them a lot better so they all have their own pluses and their own benefits but Chicago is definitely where I call home okay I love it all right, so before we get into all the amazing things that you are doing and how you're helping people out here, um, tell me, you know, what led you to this work? Tell me what happened before that led you to this. Yeah, so what really led to it is I really struggled with my weight starting around the age of 12. And I went through all the, I did a bunch of weight loss programs. I would lose weight, gain it all back plus some. And then I finally lost 60 pounds in 2008 and was keeping it off, doing pretty well with maintaining my weight and was also working in advertising at the time. And it had been a few years since I had been maintaining my weight and friends and family would come to me asking me for advice and just 
wanting to learn a little bit more about how I could keep up my willpower, how I could stay so disciplined. And I really enjoyed helping them through their journeys as well. And then as I was realizing that advertising wasn't my long-term career anymore, and that's not where I wanted to stay, I really started exploring what I wanted to do. And I learned about health coaching when we were living in Australia from a friend and decided to get my certification. And at that point, I had been maintaining my weight for about five years. And I was still stuck in a cycle though, where I felt like I was at battle with food. I would eat well for a while. I'd say, screw it, eat whatever I wanted, and then have to rein it back in again to lose any weight that I had gained. And it was pretty exhausting. And so while I was, technically maintaining it was also it was not coming lightly like it it was a lot of work still mentally and emotionally and so as i was getting my certification i now had more information than ever and i actually started putting on a little bit of weight and i was like this is really bizarre i know what to do but i'm not always doing it i'm just not as consistent as i know i could be or should be and why is that so i was introduced to my health coach learned about her program which is called truce with food started going through that process and that's when i realized that it's not really just about the food and even how we feel about our bodies or things like that like there's so much more to it and that's when i started to see and feel the relief and not feeling so triggered by food all the time that i realized like wow it's not really just about what we eat it's really about why we eat and helping to get to a place where i didn't have the guilt and shame with some of my food choices and once i was able to have that freedom from food and when i went got to a place where i was actually craving carrots instead of donuts i was like oh my god something has shifted this is really bizarre i'm not relying on willpower or i'm not and i'm not feeling deprived because it, it doesn't even sound good and the time that i tasted a twizzler and it didn't taste good anymore i was like okay this is really bizarre but that's when i realized like this is what i wanted to do and this is how i wanted to help my clients as well and so i am now certified and trained in the truce with food process and that is what i take my clients through as well which is something that's beneficial i think too because i've been through the process myself and have been through my own journey and so i can really empathize mm -hmm. with my clients as they're going through their journeys too mm -hmm. and i love it because you're like I, you're the first person i ever met that that said that they try to you try to get down to the reasons why people eat i've never heard that before that was the first time so that's another thing that intrigued me about you and your work because i'm like you never think about that you just think about mm -hmm. eating but you don't think about why i right. mean you know that you love food but it's like why are you because i know for me i'm like my relationship with food is basically I love it. It's my best friend, but we also have fights sometimes. And I'm yeah. also like a yo-yo dieter. Like we fight, but we love each other a lot. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's a love hate relationship. And it can also sometimes feel like an abusive relationship. too. Yes. You are so right. It is like, so that's why I'm like, so like, I was super interested in what you were doing and wanting to learn more because I'm like, man, also, I had me thinking like, up until this point that we were, you know, talking here, it had me thinking about seriously, like my relationship with food. And that it is just that, like, it is really like a whole relationship that you're in, like with a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what's interesting is that often when we go through the process, people realize that they don't love food as much as they thought they did, but we are using it and relying on it for so many different reasons that we don't know what they are. And that's why it feels like it's so much more exciting 
then mm -hmm. it actually is. Like I said, when I started eating carrots and or craving carrots over donuts, I always thought I just really loved donuts. But then it was once I did a lot of this work and a lot of understanding more of what was leading me to eat out of alignment with my goals. And it's not to say you can't have a donut. Like that's not what I, I'll, I'll still have a donut occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a matter of not having that abusive relationship with food or that um, where you're having a lot of that dialogue and it feels like you have that love-hate relationship. It should be a lot more balanced and neutral. And mm -hmm. that's what we really want to get to is a place where there isn't a lot of that self-talk or any of that where it feels like you should, you must, you can't you shouldn't um we don't want to have a lot of that mental what i call mental gymnastics around food right right exactly <laughs> yes so now for those who don't know what like what does your job entail specifically as a certified holistic coach because i support my clients to help them get to the bottom of what's behind their cravings kind of like what we were just talking about mm -hmm. understanding more of why they self-sabotage and aren't able to remain consistent even though they really have the desire to reach their healthy eating goals. And overall, I would say my job as a health coach is to be an empathetic partner who supports my clients without judgment so that they can feel safe because a lot of times we're functioning and working, we're turning to food when there's a lack of belonging or emotional safety or our belonging is at threat. And so that's what we want to explore to see where that's coming from. And then also helping them to make sure that they're feeling heard and supported in the journey so that they don't feel isolated because a lot of times people will come to me and say like, I just feel so alone in this. And it's so relieving to have somebody to talk to and to be able to share what I've been going, what's been kind of going through my mind for years. And I've just am stuck. Like I can't, I haven't been able to figure it out on my own. And so I need some help to do that. So mm -hmm. like I said to you, I guide them through the research-based process, which is called Truce with Food. And that includes 10 lessons. So the programs are either we start it, we can do start at three months or we can do a six month program because the process does take about six months to a year but mm -hmm. there are 10 lessons that we go through and then there's private coaching and homework exercises to connect what we talk about in our sessions to what's happening in their lives and then my goal from the work that we do is to get my clients to go from feeling hopeless that things can change to really excited about the process and the results that they experience so that's a lot but that's that's what I would say in a nutshell is what my job entails. Okay. Well, that's good. Good to know for the people that may be interested in connecting with you. Um, now, a lot of people out there, well, I won't say a lot. Some people out there do not believe that stress eating is a thing. I've actually been in conversation with people. They don't believe it's a thing. They think it's just an excuse. But mm -hmm. um, I know that we, I know that it's deeper than that just because of things that I've watched and, and read. But so I'm going to ask you as a professional, um, is stress eating a real thing? And what could be the underlying reason why we stress eat? So something that you hit on is you said that there's usually that there's something deeper there. And so when someone says that they stress eat or they eat when they're bored or emotionally eat, I really love to dig in, dig in to see if we can see what's underneath the surface feeling. And so I definitely think that there's different levels of stress that can trigger eating. So even if you don't consider yourself a stress eater or an emotional eater, there can still be these triggers that can lead you to eat um, and can also impact our patterns around food. And it's just a matter of how you define stress. 
And so I kind of define it in a few different ways and there can be external stressors. So that can be, um, you know, a pandemic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something small like that. Um, There can be emotional stressors, which can come from um, different things that, I mean, the pandemic can also trigger some of those emotional stressors, but then um, if we're feeling isolated, that could be an emotional stressor. If we're feeling like we're not good enough, that could be an emotional stressor. And then there can also be things that we build up to be more stressful than they need to be based on our stress responses, which there are a few different stress responses, which I can talk about, which are feeling, um, they basically, these stress responses, like animals, when they go into fight, flight, or freeze, when they're physically at threat, we have these emotional stress responses where we go into compete, accommodate, or avoid, avoid mode when our belonging is at threat. And Mm -hmm. so if any of those come up, then that can lead us to eat because it depletes our energy. And that's where things end up becoming a little bit more stressful than they need to be. And that's where there might be some resentment that's accompanied by the stress or um, feeling like laziness or anything like that can come, Mm -hmm. like especially if you're an avoider. So um, yeah, that can that can lead to it, too. So um, sometimes we also make meaning of situations that might not be 100% accurate because we don't have the full context of what's happening. So we make it about us and that can make the situation more stressful. So when I said earlier that we might have these, we might build up something to be more stressful, that's really what I mean. And that can, an example of that could be if you get feedback from your boss on a project that you might make that mean that you failed and are inadequate in your job. And there's probably some context missing though of why your boss gave you that feedback. and like one question could be to think about like, did they really think you were wrong or was there just room to make the project better? And Mm -hmm. we don't always have, we're not always looking at it through that lens. And so we make it mean that we have failed or that we're inadequate and that can lead to stress. um, And one of those emotional triggers as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like I said before, like we're not thinking of any of these things when we're eating. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know what? I'm about to yeah, I'm about to turn this burger up. I'm about to get these fries, this pizza, chips or whatever. And we're not stopping to think that, oh, number one, we're not stopping to think about the consequences and we're not thinking about what possibly else could be going on. So that's that's very helpful. Yeah, because a lot of times it is unconscious and we're just in automatic pilot and are just, mm-hmm. um, I mean, food is like... It, it can serve so many purposes, right? Like it can be a reward. It can be, it can help you if you're going through some grief. It can help if you've gone through some trauma. Like there's, it can be your friend, but it can also be that enemy where it comes with so much weight as well. And so, um, but if we don't take a step back to gain some awareness and clarity as to why we're actually turning to it Mm -hmm. then that's definitely where we want to explore it and again i just want to reiterate that it's not that you can't have your pizza or hamburger or (laughs) um beer or french fries like that's not what it's all about it's not about depriving yourself it's not about having to resist the food it's more of being a person that's no longer triggered by the food and that you are making a, a choice like a conscious choice to eat the food and be able to have just a little bit of it and be satisfied from it and move on from it. And that's really what we're talking about is wanting to get to. Yes, I love that. Now we talked about stress eating. I also wanted to talk about binge eating and too, if you could kind of go on what the differences is, because I know a lot of people do both. It's like 
stress eat, but they also binge eat. So what is binge eating for those who do not know? And then, you know, I guess they, maybe they have like the same underlying reasons. Yeah. And even I, something just came to mind too, as we were talking about the difference between binge eating and stress eating is even when you're stressed, some people don't eat and they actually mm -hmm. go in the opposite direction. But I think that sometimes it's still some of the same triggers that make people lose their appetite. So that's something else to think about. And so if like I've been, I had a client who would not eat all day and then would overindulge at night. And so that's where like this binge eating would come up. Mm -hmm. And in general, binge eating is eating a lot of food in one sitting where you feel extremely full and you may not be, you may not actually be hungry. So a lot of times for my clients, this will happen when they, when they aren't hungry or when they are just feeling so depleted that an example of this is one of my clients was in a relationship that was semi, not really abusive. It wasn't like a physically abusive, but it was kind of more of an emotionally abusive relationship and she wasn't getting what she needed from it. Mm -hmm. um, her boyfriend was an alcoholic and was drinking a lot. And so she would talk about how she would just open up a bag of chips and um, eat like half the bag. Then she would have some cookies and she was just, it was almost like she had an insatiable craving for the food. And so when I asked her about if she was feeling depleted, she was like, Laura, my cup is broken and it is oozing everywhere. I am so depleted. And so we talked about how she was using the food to really fill herself up. Mm -hmm. And it was, she was using it to like fill, try to repair that cup basically. And what we figured out was that she was, when I talked about those stress responses before about the accommodator stress response, she was really accommodating to the point where she had forgotten and wasn't even aware of what that she had needs or mm -hmm. what her needs even were. She was so focused on making sure everybody else was happy and everybody else was getting their needs met that her needs weren't getting met. And that's when she would turn to food because she was so depleted and resentful. And she just, her self-care had gone out the window. Mm-hmm. So that, um, yeah, so that is really, that's an example of binge eating. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, it's funny that you say that some people don't eat um, during stress, because I know with me, there's levels to the different stress eating that mm -hmm. I do. It's like, if I, if it's something... Like, for instance, if, if work is stressing me out to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm just so it's stressing me out. I will eat because I feel mm -hmm. like that makes me forget about the problems. But if it's like a death or like yes. someone's sick, I won't eat. Yes. It's like it's different levels to like that whole stress eating. Yeah. And so I would say that most likely the difference with the death or if somebody's sick is that that's more around grief and it's not you're not mm -hmm. making it personally that it's about you. Like there's sadness, there's grief there, there's definitely emotions there. But with your work, my guess is that when you've had a bad day or if you've had a stressful day, when I was talking earlier about how we don't necessarily have a full context of what's happening and sometimes we make things about us. Mm -hmm. If there are things that are coming up in your work day that are causing added stress, and you're making meaning about some of the things that are happening that 
and I'm just gonna throw some of these out there, not necessarily these apply to you, but if you are feeling not good enough, if you feel like you have failed, if you were feeling judged, if you were feeling rejected, misunderstood, exposed, any of those types of feelings can lead to that level of stress where you're just like, give me all the burgers and the chips and the fries and give me everything because you (laughs) aren't aware of what you're actually feeling and what has triggered it. And like, there's that, it's like filling that void of lack of clarity, really. Um, And also it can be really triggering because it can be a deep seated um, emotion and things that, that it's triggering in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I just, I just noticed that it's like, once we, you know, you get down and you're talking about and you're breaking all these things down. I'm like, it makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot, a, a lot of other people will relate as well. Um, there's so much, there's so much nuance to it too. And it's like detangling or untangling like a spider web almost as we're going through the process, because Mm -hmm. there's so many layers to it and different levels, but like, that's a perfect example when you were talking about something where there's grief and then, or sadness. And then when there's a stressful situation or event and your relationship or your pattern around food changes. And that can happen with all different types of triggers and stressors. And there might be times where you eat something and like, I'll ask you, have there been days where you feel like you have really eaten in alignment with your goals? You feel really great and it's like super easy. And then there's other days where it just feels like, give me everything, I don't really care. I'm just gonna eat whatever. The food's not changing, right? So Mm -hmm. there has to be something else externally that is that is making it so that it's challenging for you to keep up your willpower or discipline, even though I don't Mm -hmm. really believe that those are things. Yeah, because when I get caught in my cycles, I will literally, like, if I'm stressed, I literally will eat. Like, I'm a junk, sweet type of person. I don't eat, like, a whole bunch of food, but I go to, like, the sweets and the junk, the really bad stuff. And so, but it's like, when I know that I'm getting out of control, I'm like, okay, if I, like, gain a couple extra pounds, I got to pull it back. That's why in the beginning, I was saying I'm kind of a a yo-yo dieter. I literally go through all these different cycles where I stress eat, where I binge eat, and then I don't eat anything, or I go on like this crazy diet, lose the weight, but then I'm I'm back into that cycle. I'm going back to that place. It's like a pattern, basically. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'd be curious to see this stuff always excites me and like I want to dig in so deep into all of this but (laughs) (laughs) um, I'd be so curious as to when you feel like you're able to get back quote unquote on track if that stressor has kind of decreased and that's when it's like you have some room to breathe and you're like okay I have I can I can be back in control because a lot of times when we're feeling out of control this is something that maybe helpful for you and also for the listeners is when we're feeling out of control with food it's likely that there's a place in life that you're feeling out of control as well and often when we're feeling out of control it's actually that we're feeling out of choice and what i mean by that is when we feel out of choice it's because we're functioning either in a way that we've been socialized to believe or out of alignment with us and our needs so that could be if you are accommodating somebody else and Anytime you say, I should, I must, or I have to do something, or I shouldn't do something, that's not necessarily coming from a place of choice. That's coming more from a place of obligation. And so 
checking in and like a tool that you can use at, if when you're feeling out of control could be like, what do I want to choose? What am I choosing here to help you feel? Because when you are in choice, you can also feel more in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting to me because I'm telling you, I, and I know a lot of people is going to, you know, they don't feel this because a lot of people, you know, can relate like the eating, the stress eating and the not eating and all this stuff. Like, because food is just a very, a huge part of survival. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't always make the best choices. So this is, this is some helpful information. Yay. I'm excited. I'm glad. Yes. Cause I even watched like, um, I watched the show, uh, my 600 pound life mm-hmm. and I would, you know, now that you're breaking stuff down, cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't even watch the show all the way to the end because I would get so frustrated with them, with the people mm-hmm. on there, because I'm like, I just, I don't understand. But, but when you break things down, cause I know it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's mental, um, something going on in the mind because the mind is just, you know, controls pretty much everything. Um, and also I, like our emotions and our feelings and stuff. Cause I would, I would get frustrated with them. I'm watching them on TV. I'm like, oh my God. Like I, I know I like to eat, but I'm like, Jesus, like they have to stop. They're killing themselves. But when you're breaking this down, it makes more sense. Cause you know, we don't stop to think about those things. So this is very helpful. Yeah. And when you, when you really start to explore and figure out that I, I like to think of food as a symptom that there's something else happening. And a lot of times it's a form of protection in some ways, and it may be protection, um, like emotional protection, like I was talking about with when we're feeling, if we feel exposed, if we feel misunderstood, we need to, we have learned to protect ourselves in certain ways. So we don't feel those really uncomfortable and scary emotions or feelings. And so then when we learn to protect ourselves in many different ways, and there can be defense mechanisms that we have as well as then turning to food and stuff. And so it can help to understand that, to bring some more empathy to what those people are going through who mm-hmm. are, are at 600 pounds or whatever they are, and they have a lot of weight to lose. And again, like they, they may not have the information of what to eat and it's also a matter of getting down to the why, right? And like mm-hmm. what has, is leading them to eat. And if they've had some trauma or something in their lives, then food is serving a much greater purpose as a way, as a form of protection that was developed over time and mm-hmm. through the years. Yeah, and that makes sense for sure. Now, what are some like, are there like some tips or some quick tips you can give us, uh, those of us who get stuck in these eating cycles? Like once we, like when we feel ourselves about to get back, fall back into that cycle. Yeah, so one is um, not to be afraid to ask for support, whether that's from a professional or someone in your world that you trust. Cause like I said, a lot of people feel really isolated in this and mm-hmm. other people are probably going through it that are in your world too. So don't be afraid to talk to people about it that you feel safe with. Um, so that is one thing. Another thing that I just want to talk through really quickly, because then I can give you another tip as well, is that there's an unconscious cycle that we're typically in when we're in that automatic pilot of just eating, like stress eating, emotionally eating, binge eating, whatever it is and however it shows up for you. And I'll go through it really quickly, but then that will help. So I can give you some of these tips as well. Sure. So the cycle is that it starts with a trigger and there are four common ones, which are feeling tired, anxious, or oftentimes when we feel anxious, there's also uncertainty that is accompanying it because we don't learn how to deal with uncertainty. 
feeling inadequate or lonely. And then we have a story, which was created typically earlier in life when we didn't have the full context of what was happening in a situation. So we made it about us. And that story has served, a, it has helped us and helped get us to where we are today. And it's also keeping us stuck in some ways. So we really want to understand and figure out what that story is. Then we have the stress responses, which are what I was talking about earlier, which are to accommodate, compete, or avoid. And those come up when we are feeling like our belonging is at risk. And from there we have behaviors and the behaviors will change based on the stress response you're in and also by the person. But in general, when you compete, that's where you're comparing yourself to another person, whether that's their body or their skill set. And also competitors tend to feel behind a lot. They feel like they're running a marathon with the finish line constantly moving. So they're exhausted and take on a lot of stuff and often set unrealistic deadlines and things like that. Procrastinators are the avoider. So when you avoid, typically those are people who will build up their to-do lists or build up different things and they fall into analysis paralysis where they don't end up taking action. And then accommodators are those that typically will people please, want to fix things, don't want to rock the boat. They'll put everybody else's needs ahead of their own and fall off of their own to-do list and their self-care. And so those stress responses will deplete your energy throughout the day, pretty much. And so we have the triggers, the story, the stress responses, behavior. We eat out of alignment with our goals. We lose self-trust and then it loops back into the trigger. And a lot of times when I tell, when I walk through the cycle with people, it's relieving because we think that it's, there's something wrong with us that we can't keep up our willpower or we can't keep up our discipline. But when you can understand that there's this actual unconscious cycle that's happening, mm -hmm. it can be really relieving for people to see like, oh, it's not just that there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'll pause there before I get into the tools. <laughs> Oh no, that's good. That was good information. You can cook. You can go ahead. Give us the okay. tools. <laughs> All right. So based on those triggers of which there's an acronym that I that I use called tail. So that's again feeling tired, anxious, inadequate, or lonely. What can be helpful is to just map out your day of when you have gone off track. And you can do this either during the day or after the fact. Sometimes when you have a little bit of distance, it can be helpful to do it afterwards. But the goal of this is to help break the automatic pilot cycle and to give you more information to see like what your triggers are. And so that it can reduce some of the guilt or shame that you might have after the fact as well, because when we don't always have clarity or awareness. That's where there's the guilt or shame that can creep in. So. Um, what you would do is think back to the last time you ate out of alignment with your goals, you stress ate or you mindlessly ate. And then you want to map out the day from when you woke up to when you went to bed and everything from your, the first thought of the day to getting dressed to your commute to what frustrated you. And you can really use this tool anytime that you're feeling triggered by food or feel like you're lacking willpower. And what we want to do is really pay attention and tune into what you were feeling when you went off track and your aunt with your food or you felt tempted by food. And as you're mapping out the day, I don't want you to note necessarily what you thought others were feeling or the actual events, but more of what emotion did this trigger in you? So it's more of an inward fo focus. And so for example, like if your boss was yelling at your team or your clothes felt like they weren't fitting, how does this make you feel? 
So we aren't looking again at the event itself, we're looking at the emotions it brings up in us. And so mapping that out can be really helpful. And if you're having trouble, um, remember the TAL acronym. Those again are just like the four common ones, but there can be some other triggers that might come up. And even if you have a hard time identifying what trigger, what emotion you were feeling, sometimes just even labeling or recognizing that there was a vulnerable emotion there can be enough. So that's um, that can be really helpful is to just do that journaling exercise and see what comes up for you. Mm -hmm. Those are all great tips. Yes. And I'm just in here learning and like just absorbing all this greatness because I'm definitely going to apply it to my life. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to mention too about the exercise is that what we want to see from doing the exercise is there isn't one big thing that leads to unaligned eating. So it can be confusing too, because if you are a nighttime eater and you eat at 10 o'clock at night and you had a really relaxing evening, it's like, but why am I eating? Like I wasn't triggered in any way. So it's really more like death by a thousand paper cuts with a little thing here and another little thing there that build over the day or like throughout the day mm -hmm. um, or that you're gearing up for if you're a morning or midday eater as well. Um, so our feelings are really pervasive. So it's hard to realize what they are, especially because we've normalized them. So hopefully this exercise can help you see how prevalent the emotions are that make you, if you feel like you battle food, make you battle food by really observing yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are some, y'all better get into these tips and these tools to help us maneuver our relationships with food. I love it. Yay. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So now let's have a little bit of fun, you know, Ooh. now that we got all the information out of the way. So when you are not working, you know, doing all the amazing things that you are doing, what do you like to do for fun? I love to, during the pandemic, especially, like I, I knew I really enjoyed spending time with my friends and my family and stuff. But now that we're coming out of quarantine again, I am just loving, it really lights me up and really, um, fulfills me to be around those that are closest to me. So hanging out and catching up with friends, also even other professionals, I really enjoy networking with people as well. Um, and then also I ice skate. I started ice skating when I was 19 and haven't been able to ice skate consistently over the last about 10 years, but have been getting back onto the ice again, because um, that's like my form of meditation. So those are a couple of things. And I also love to travel too but that has been put on the back burner for a while as well because of the pandemic. Okay, I love, okay, ice skating. And I've never went ice skating, but I love to watch it. I love to watch it. It's never too late to try. I just always say there are two tips if you're going to ice skate is make sure you have good skates and bend your knees. <laughs> yes, listen, if I, if I decide to try now, I'm getting, first I gotta get, I'm gonna have to get like protection, helmet, pads, pads, <laughs> butt pads, all that stuff. <laughs> yes. Yep. Now, what is your all-time favorite movie or book or both? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> One of my favorite movies is Bridesmaids. It just cracks me up every time. I just <laughs> love love it. I'm okay. not a huge movie person and I'm not a big reader either, but I've read a lot of really great books and I've also watched quite a few movies, but yeah, I would say one of my all-time favorites is Bridesmaids. 
That was a good one. I like that one too. Um, now, if you had to choose to give up your cell phone versus like computer, which one would you get give up? Ooh, I guess the computer because you can do so much on your cell phone. It's almost like a little mini computer. Okay, all right. Now, what is a fun fact about yourself that people would be surprised to know? I feel like I already gave away two of them, which was that I lived in Australia and I ice and I ice skate. Um, another fun fact is I've been to, let's see, five continents, I think. Okay. Yeah, I've been to five continents. So that, because I, like I said, I love to travel. So I, mm -hmm. yep, I've been to five continents and then, um, I think I'll leave it at those three fun facts because I can't think of another one. Well, those are good. I love them. So what is your favorite meal to eat? Oh man, um, you know, it's really hard. I, we, I talk about this with people because you know, like people will say, what's your favorite food? And I really struggle because it depends on the day and it depends <laughs> on the moment. Like there's so many foods that I love. Like I really enjoy pizza, I'll enjoy sushi. I enjoy Italian food. I enjoy Vietnamese and Chinese, but it's just a matter of what I'm in the mood for at, at any given time. So that's mm -hmm. such a hard question. <laughs> Cause like, if I had to eat one meal for the rest of my life, like, I don't think I could do it. Cause I really like variety. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So <laughs> What's yours? I'm so curious to hear. Um, I love seafood. Mm. I love all things seafood. Like I love crabs. I love shrimp. I love like uh, crab cakes, like all things. I could eat seafood every day. Yeah, that's a great point is, yes, I do love seafood too. And you're in a great spot for it too. Yes, I I'm actually having seafood for dinner tonight. I love it. Yum. Me too, actually. <laughs> I'm having shrimp tonight. Oh, yes, I love shrimp. Yes. So there's one more thing I want to do. This is something that I love to do with every guest. And it's also an audience favorite. It's called Unpack um, Your Box. So basically, that's where you get one minute, you know, I always say no one's counting, where you can just <laughs> release whatever you want. You can say whatever you feel compelled to say, whatever you want to get off your chest. Wow. Um, that's a lot. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> hmm. Where do I go with that? You can go anywhere. You can say anything you want to. Well, yeah, I think I think I'm just um, really feeling hopeful and excited as things are reopening. And I I realized I was talking to somebody the other day too that you know the pandemic was really hard for everybody, and it really made me realize though that when we reflect back, how fast did that last year go? And collectively we can do hard things like it was a lot like there was a lot of stressful stuff it really triggered our safety in so many different areas like financially physically emotionally mentally health-wise and we could we got through it mm -hmm. and so i'm really feeling hopeful and excited as things are opening up again um there, i mean there is still con some concern because just like with what we've been talking about with food, we're not really addressing why we have a pandemic globally and like healthcare and how can we um, avoid this from happening in the future. And it's not just healthcare, it's also environmental um, and a whole bunch of other things. But yeah, I just think um, I'm excited for being able to reconnect and, 
and get back to traveling and life not normal life because I definitely learned some things too about myself throughout the pandemic and not overloading my schedule and not um, taking on as much stuff and having some space and time for downtime is really beneficial. So yeah, that's, that's my box unpacked. Yes, you unpacked your box. Listen, you have given us a wealth of information that I know I'm going to use. And I will probably talk to you more off of this show as well. And I know that other people else, you can use the information that you have given. And I'm so thankful and grateful that you came on the show. I really had fun talking to you. So I want to thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. Yes, of course. Yes, I would I would love to do this again if you want to or whatever. Like, let's stay connected and let's, you know, keep up with each other. Absolutely. I'm always happy to come on and talk more because I, I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yes, I love it. Now, before you leave, tell the people where they can, you know, connect with you, your handles, your website, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So my website is laurabfolks.com. And on there, you can, um, I have an ebook. So if you want to get more into the triggers and the stress responses that we talked about, that's a good place to start. Um, and that can help you figure out what are, it takes you through four steps of why you self-sabotage or feel like you're lacking willpower. And then I'm also on Instagram at laurab.folks. I'm sure all of these will be in the show notes as well. I'm on Facebook um, at laurab.folks. And then um, I also offer free 40 minute curiosity calls. So if any of this has resonated with you and you really want to explore a little bit more of how this applies to you, your challenges, your relationship with food, and want to start exploring that a little bit more, I am always curious to hear what is going on for you and would love for you to bring your curiosity as well. And we can chat through all of that. Um, This is not a hardcore sales call by any means. So (laughs) I do share my approach, but also want to make sure that um, the approach is right for each person as well. So if it's not the right one for you, I have a large network and am happy to refer you to anybody who would be the right fit because I want to make sure that you get the support that you are looking for. Yes. Make sure you guys connect with Laura. I will definitely put everything in the show notes because I want to make sure that they uh, are able to connect with you if they need to. And I just want to say your story is so inspiring. I actually um, saw your pictures, your transformation. I read about your story and it is very inspiring. And you guys make sure you go check it out. Like I, I love, love, love that because it inspires me and it reassures me that I can do the same thing. So I want to thank you for sharing your story and for sharing all this great information. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. Oh, yes, Queen. You are so welcome. We are out, y'all. Before you leave, keep up with your girl on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. You can also email me if you like at unpackingtheboxpodcast at gmail.com. And also, if you are enjoying the show, if you were a guest on the show, you know, if you just 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 love the show. Make sure you leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts specifically. I don't know if you can do it on the other platforms, but I know for sure you can on Apple. So, yes, do that for your girl, especially if you're enjoying it. You know, let me know. All right, y'all. Be well.